A lot of people talk to me and a lot of people discuss like their purpose or their mission in life. And in my experience of that, especially with incredible people like yourself, that purpose and mission changes pretty regularly through seasons of their life, right? There might be like an overarching message or an overarching energy. Like I know for me, since I was 15, I've essentially been like the same person with similar things that I'm doing. It's just maybe escalated and I've gone on, but you could trace a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. If there was a mission or a purpose to your life, because we're going to get into all of the incredible things that you do and have done and will do, what would that mission or purpose be? It's to really help people be more self-expressed and to have the courage to go after what is really meaningful for them. Yeah, I'd say that's probably what the through line is if I had to narrow it down to one of them. Was there a point in time where you were not doing this? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's many times. Like when I, yeah, just growing up, I grew up and um, I'll share it like this in a story. Like when I was uh, five years old, I was walking into my kindergarten class and walk in and the teacher moves out all the chairs, makes us all sit in a circle and we play a game to learn everyone's name and it's called who stole the cookie from the cookie jar have you heard, heard of the game before no okay so it's basically a song and it goes who stole the cookie from the cookie jar samantha johnny or whatever right so it goes around the circle as it's getting closer to me i just feel my hand start to kind of clam up a bit and it's coming closer and it gets to me and i go ah, ah. and I just can't say my name and I'm sitting there and I'm just shaking and I can feel the sweat just start to form on my forehead and on my brow and I just give up at one point I open my eyes and the whole classroom erupts into just laughter and I burst into tears and I just run out of that room and so that was the first experience that I had of really coming to terms with I had a challenge with my speech with a stutter that like I would I would have to work through you know growing up and so from that point, like I unconsciously chose to become a high achiever like that was all all through, you know, middle school, high school. I, I still played, you know, varsity baseball, not varsity baseball my whole life, but I, I played baseball at a high level and I got really good, good, good grades in school. Not because I love school, but because I really didn't feel like I, I, I was fitting in. I didn't feel good enough. I always felt like I needed to overcompensate. And really at the core, I really just felt misunderstood and I really just really wanted the opportunity to be able to be understood, you know, even if I can't say my name sometimes. And so that was really like a core piece of my life that I really got to really see how that impacted everything. Uh, so much so where uh, fast forward in to my freshman year of college at San Diego State, um, it's uh, May 6th, you know, the day after Cinco de Mayo, um, I had a huge party at my fraternity the night before and at 538 my window shatters my door gets kicked in and there's four guys in SWAT suits and assault rifles and across their shirt it says DEA and so I have a girl in bed with me I get thrown pulled out of bed naked thrown on the floor and get arrested for selling drugs and I so I sold drugs to an undercover agent and it was a huge sting operation at my school that year and uh, that was my first experience of being an entrepreneur so I learned a few things on that one. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Okay. And at some point down the road, you made a brand called Congruent Coach, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly this whole like mission and purpose. And I'm assuming a lot of that came out of 
how do you, when you get arrested by the DEA, I'm assuming you can never have a job again or it'd be really challenging. Yeah, well, yeah, like it wasn't the San Diego State Police Department. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was like, there, there wasn't even police cars that they had like the big black SUVs. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really confusing, honestly, because I was put in the backseat of that like SUV and I was handcuffed and I kept asking what I did and they wouldn't tell me. And they're like, you know what you did, but I was doing all kinds of shit at that age. Like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what they had on me, you know? So, but I was just like, so I just, I didn't know what to, to expect because they wouldn't tell me. They're like, oh, you know what you did. You'll see, you'll see. And so they drove me back to San Diego state where the whole DEA had a sting operation underneath the like basketball center. And yeah, it was, it was wild. So because of that, um, like the universe aligned and like a month later, one of my like old friends, uh, invited me to go to a personal development event. And I would have never been open to going because I was 19 years old. I thought I had everything figured out. And because that happened, I, it was clear to me that I didn't. And I was open to getting support. And I really think back to that of like, if I would have gotten an invitation to go to a seminar to teach me about my limiting beliefs and how my stories impact my reality, like I would have been like, this is bullshit. Like I'm, you know, like I'm doing well, <laughs> which is relative. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was that seminar? Yeah, so that was uh, it was it was a it was a like landmark forum esque type of event, it was just personal development event. Um, and yeah, really, it was the first time that I like learned that wow, like I have these like belief systems that aren't mine. I am not my thoughts. I know that was like the biggest takeaway. I have like the memory etched in my mind of like writing that down. Like I am not my thoughts. Like wow, you know these are things that have been passed down for me from my parents, from school, from society, from media. And these thoughts that I have, they're not even mine. Like that was the first time that I really got to like take that in. And then that just showed me so much around. I'm also not my story. So like, I really got to look at, you know, at 19 of like, okay, what are all the stories I'm telling myself around my speech and who I am. And I've always felt like there's this thing inside of me of like, I'm really built and I'm meant and I'm here to really serve that, to, to serve people and to move them forward and to really help them, um, yeah, it could create something incredibly meaningful in their lives. And that's really impactful. And my story up until that point was always like, well, why are someone going to listen to you? You know, you can't even say your name sometimes. And so that part of me was always just like kind of shunned and uh, or I shunned myself um, for that. And so I would I would always stay in like a, a step behind, you know, like you're even like when I was selling drugs in, in college, like it was. I wasn't like in, in the front and the forefront of things. I was just like, I show up to the party. People usually like the guy who brings the party. And so rather than also for me, it wasn't, it wasn't even for the money. Like I wasn't selling drugs. I needed the money. It was just for, for connection. You know, they usually like the guy who brings the party and, you know, uh, in the online marketing world, it's like an, it's like an automated lead gen system where people come talk to me versus I am having to go talk to them. Cause that was one of my biggest fears was like going up to somebody and introducing myself and like making a new friend. Like that's, that was so, so, so challenging for me. Wow. There's, I want to like fast forward to something in particular, yeah, yeah. but to get there, there was this story you were telling the other day that just needs to be documented with this quality. So you were running an event in Las Vegas, 100, 150 people. How many days was this event? Can you kind of describe this event? Yeah. So this was, um, so, so this was congruent coach live. It was the first one. It was my big annual event. And I did it in Las Vegas specifically because that's where all my family lived. I was born and raised in Vegas. My mom and dad, my grandparents are there. And they've been super supportive, you know, from 
the time I was you know arrested to me starting a business and then to probably the two or three or four years after that when my parents still my family still thought I may be in that business because I actually was making good money and they're like people strangers on the internet are paying you for your advice <laughs> you know and so it was a really um, it was a really beautiful opportunity to really share with them like what is it that I do and I was like, wow, well, the best thing I can do is to like do my event in Vegas because my grandparents, you know, were later in their lives and traveling for them wasn't an option. So I chose to do it there. And it was the biggest one I ever did. I think we had like 170, 180 people. And it was in Vegas, awesome ballroom. It was the, the event with the highest expenses I've ever done. It was a huge investment. And as I was, you know, running that event, things were going amazingly. Like my mom was there. My mom's doing like breath work with everyone. It was so beautiful, so sweet. A little four foot eleven mother uh, loved her so much, and just to see her breathing, and it was it was it was so special. And on the second day, when I'm going to like you know make the offer, make an invitation for those who have gotten value so far, and the event Congruent Coach Live was all around like how to scale a seven figure coaching business. So just how to take your knowledge, your wisdom, your expertise, and whether you want to build it into a seven figure business through online courses or through coaching programs one on one, or how to create group models or masterminds, or they want to do live events and retreats. It was all of the different trainings for how to do that. And so as I'm making the offer, it's basically like, hey, if you've liked what you've gotten so far, you know, here in this day and a half, like, you know, what would life be like if we worked together for the year? So I walk through the offer. Um, I have this like incredible, incredible uh, offer that I make that's incredibly experiential that really gets people into their heart because that, that event, the theme was all around getting from your head into your heart and really like, can you trust yourself? Do you have you built your intuition in your gut to be able to know like when things are on or off? And so I walk through the offer and I, you know, I got really great feedback on it. And there's some people who are signing up and then I say, hey, you know, who wants to do this? But there's something in the way and you would like some support and, and you're courageous enough to come up to the mic and to get support with it. And so, you know, I had one person to come up and talking to us and there and we, we talk through what their concerns are and they go in the bathroom and sign up. And then another person comes up and just like has like some small little question and they're like, I'm in. And I'm like, so this is going great. <laughs> And then this 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 just beautiful soul of a woman comes up and she you know comes up to the mic and then she goes to say what her concerns are and she goes ah oh, and then she like just falls over and is having like I've I've been into personal development and like spiritual work and energetic work and I've seen all sorts of crazy stuff with like network spinal analysis and in plant medicine ceremonies and so I've seen when energy is moving through someone's system, I know what that looks like. Uh, if you haven't seen that before, it looks like someone's having a seizure. So it looks like in the middle of my event, in the middle of my offer, this woman who like, bless her heart, like has the courage to get up to like, you know, say, hey, help, I wanna like, I want support with this. You know, it's, it's courageous to also like to be in a room and someone's making an offer and to like to, like it's also, you know, it's, it's my style of like, I'm like, hey, come to the mic, let's talk about it, you know, but to really get up and to be in front of everyone, it's, it's like, it's very, it, it's, it's a big experience. And so like, she really had a, uh, a spiritual awakening is what she called it, you know, just energy was moving through her body, but she fell over like in the middle of the room and was like, you know, convulsing for a little bit. And like, I'm just like concerned at first. Cause I was like, well, no one's ever falling over during my offer before. <laughs> and just to make sure that she's okay. You know, but as soon as we, I jumped off stage and I like looked and I saw, like, I, I recognize that pattern. Like I've seen it in all sorts of healing ceremonies. I understand when that is happening and when, uh, yeah. So, and like, luckily in that congruent coach room, 
50% of the people are, are healers in that room and trauma-informed and all these things. And so everyone's like coming over and everyone's like doing their thing to really support her. And uh, she comes to in like, you know, a minute or so and we get, she will ask for a mic and we get her the mic. And long story short is basically she shared that like she really like felt the energy within her of like it, it's her time and now is the time and like she's so grateful to be there and she, and she wants to buy the program. <laughs> so that uh was not was I was what I was expecting from it but it was also just me just staying just like in my heart you know and I think leadership means to me that I go first and so for me if I'm like making that invitation for people to play a bigger game to play a bigger uh to play a bigger game in their business to be able to serve more people to make more income to grow their team to be able to really leave a legacy with what they're doing and if I'm not acting in the same way, if I'm not leading from that place, you know, so if I'm at that event, I'm in my head and I'm not in my heart like that, there's going to be an effect on the event. And there's going to be an effect if I am making an invitation on how that lands as well. So when that happened, you know, the first concern was her safety, you know, and then also like when I recognized the pattern, I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to see how, <laughs> how long this goes. And it's just being open. It's been, I think that's what's so beautiful about events. And I think it's, also, if you run events yourself, it's one of the biggest portals for your own personal evolution as well and transformation because it's a living, breathing organism. And you really get to see the reflection of your leadership when you run events and how what shows up in that context. And then how do you show up to really lead that when you're you can't like press pause and you can't re-record and you can't edit out all your ums and ahs. That's why I also love live events. I love also coaching my clients to do live events because I get to see who they become in the process of leading from the front of the room. Wow. Wow. And this is something that kind of came up during that that story when you're coaching people and, and selling this big program, right? What was the price point on this program? Um, it was... It's a one-year program. Yes. So there's two levels. One was a $25,000 level and one was a $60,000 level. Yep. And you were helping them build either, was it just live events or were you helping them build like their coaching programs or online courses, potentially anything? Yeah, it was, it was all of, it was how to build a seven figure coaching business was basically what the offer is. And each one was customized to based upon where someone was at, what their skill set was, where their audience is at, you know, does it make sense for them to go to events? Does it make sense to create a course first? Or are they starting like from you know, from the start, they need to really go out to their network and to see where the opportunity lies, you know? So it's, it was a custom path and I had, you know, a whole, uh, it was, I obviously was leading the whole thing and I had, had a, um, team of coaches as well that really support everyone one-on-one -on -one to make sure that we are really clear on where they were and what, what, where, where all of the different gaps were. And so that we can, um, yeah, really help them move forward in the, in their own way. Yeah. Wow. And then at that point, you had online programs, and of course you were running these live events, right? And now you're, you've transitioned into this new business. Has this been announced? Is this official? Yeah, this has been official. And just to kind of touch on what you shared is, uh, I, I believe that real, or the, excuse me, I believe that the biggest, the fastest, and the most lasting transformations happen live in person. Like they're dealing like you can listen to the same content online, you know, at your house in front of your laptop in your regular office or listening to that same content from that speaker live or surrounded with like minded people, you will have a different experience. And so it allows people to also get out of their environment, which, you know, there's so much neuroscience uh, in the research of sharing that 
our environment has such an, we have such an unconscious attachment to our environment, like all the objects in our office, like we have, and there's, there's, there's an impact on the relationships that we have with them, they impact us. So to get ourselves out of our environment and into a new place that's energy rich allows us to have new thoughts, new insights, and allows us to make new decisions around our lives, which is changes the results that we produce, right? So being out there and getting in person is so important. And so uh, my, with when I had my coaching, well, I still have my coaching business, but when I was running it the way that I was, you know, it was really about bringing people together in person, getting their action plans all lined up, giving them the transformational work that they need from their mindset to they can shift energetically, mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually into that version of themselves that creates whatever they're going after in their vision. And so my online components of that was like, all right, like what do we need to do in between the times we meet in person? So that was basically the structure of it, just because I really saw the quantum leaps happen when people came in person and they leave inspired and they're super clear on their plan. And then there's maintenance in between with coaching calls or mastermind calls or anything like that in between. When you started charging 25K and 60K, was that, had you been charging prices like that before? Or was this like with that live event that you did in Vegas, was this the first time you offered something at that, at that scale or at that price point? Yeah, so I had an incredible mentor when I was 21 years old. So I had an online marketing business. You two know, years was, after the DEA bust. Yes, two years after the DEA bust. Uh, Did yeah, this so mentor started, know you had been busted yeah, by the DEA? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I had this business and I this was my first coach that I've, I ever hired. And it was at a really high level. So I introduced to him through um, one of my consulting clients and he was sp supposed to be phenomenal at you know, peak performance, personal development. And it was for my speech initially, you know, for him to help me like break through whatever is going on with me to like all the things. So I I'll go to meet with him. He's an awesome at business as well. And so uh, I hire him and he helps me land my first six figure client when I'm 21 years old, 21 years old. Yeah. What did you sell? <laughs> so at that point it was an, it was a whole like online marketing full, full suite package. So it was like getting their whole website redesigned, all their SEO dialed in, all the messaging for the site dialed, making sure that the site generates leads versus just like a giant, um, actual business card. You know, it's actually a functional site that's generating leads. It's driving, that's driving leads from off online into offline. How many years ago was this? Man. Uh, 13 13 years ago okay so that would have been 2009 uh, 12 years ago 12 yeah. years ago 2010 yeah yeah so this is like internet websites that actually made money for individuals not a thing back then it was very rare mm, it was a smaller industry it was much smaller, smaller. industry yeah. yeah there was no shopify mm -mm. there was no yeah wix Nope. This, this stuff didn't, the payment systems were not integrated. How did you learn how to do this at 21? This was finding a really skilled person in the Philippines or in India or in Pakistan who just knows how to code and also knows how to speak English and does it for five bucks an hour. Like that's just how I learned, you know, like I, you know, in Google, how do I do this? How do I make this happen? Where do I go? And then also, I mean, I, that's somewhat helpful, but how I really did it was at these events, you know, at these events of the people I met, I was like, Hey, how are we doing this? Who are you using? That's how I got introduced to Upwork, how to outsource all these types of things. Wow. And then how long did it take for you to like fulfill on that project to get that website where it was actually generating leads and converting for this, this person? Yeah, that took about like 90 days. So yeah, it took about 90 days. And, but was also clear is like obviously phenomenal for the money at 21 to get that type of contract. 
And it also like illuminated how clearly I didn't know how to run a business. Like I didn't know how to hire, didn't know how to outsource properly. And it was basically running me into the ground. And so the mentor who I was working with, who I hired, the universal line where he fired his staff and I fired all my clients. And so I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to coach, but again, like I just didn't have the confidence to do so because there was points in my life where I just couldn't say my own name. So the story again was, why, why would people listen to me? I can't even say my own name. They've been doing it for so much too long, so much longer than I have. I'm only 21 years old. And so I went to go work with him who had a coaching business. And so it was a great, like, it was just the timing of it was just perfect to where like I could go support him. We had a great relationship. He was, he was, he was like a, um, he, he was a, he was, he was already coaching me. We had a, gr a great friendship as well. And that, and so I, I actually, uh, I actually broke up with the girlfriend at the time and I moved in with him and we lived together and we built his company from like his ground zero to multiple seven figures when in, in about three years and it was just he and I got it. Yeah. So yeah, I got, incredible. I, I got incredible. a multi, multi-million dollar education from like being in the weeds, building that with him day in and day out. And at that point, as you heard a little bit about my story, like I had zero success habits, like zero. And so I was talented. But my success habits were like very, very, very few, mm -hmm. <laughs> far in between. Now, what would you say you're talented in? I'm, I'm just curious because, you know, I, f I feel like everybody's a Rubik's Cube, mm -hmm. right? And we've all got these aspects of ourselves. And so I'm curious what you feel like you're world class in and what, how you've leaned into those world class talents. And then maybe where you're like, wow, I, I will always drop the ball in these areas. So I, I hire people for mm -hmm. these things. It's a great question. I would say I'm world-class at curating experiences. Like it's something that I've loved doing. And I can even trace it back of like, you know, to when I was growing up and in high school, I would, I would host parties, you know, I would throw them. And a, a part of it was because like, I wanted to throw the event to get people to come talk to me because I was terrified to go talk to them. So that was, you know, it mixed in there. And because of, I've grew up with a stutter, like I, I really feel like it, has been my greatest teacher, one of my best friends, and where it's taught me how to really listen to people, not just to the words, but what's underneath the words, what's the energy behind what they're saying. And I think that's been such, so valuable for my friendships, my relationships, you know, in, in also dating, uh, in being in a relationship with a powerful woman and knowing like how to really like listen, uh, immensely, immensely valuable. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that. So the i don't know anything about jennifer mm. jennifer's her yeah. name right yep. yeah yeah so I, we've never met mm -hmm. but i've heard things about both of you right you're both legends in my network like the, your names just come up all the time right <laughs> thanks man so tell me about the story of, of how you met her and kind of what what timeline was this were you still like building the skills or had you already been really established with these live events i was I was established with one of my brands was small events, big profits. So it's how to run highly impactful events and retreats. Less than 30 people walk away with multiple six figures in a weekend. So that was the brand that I've built. Small events, love them. They're one of my favorite contexts to really like to be able to facilitate in, to train in, to create massive value in. And so I was doing those. And I, yeah, at that point, I Jennifer and I met like five and a half years ago. I was 20, I'm 33 now. Yeah, I was like 26, 27 ish in that range in math. I'm half Asian, so my math's about half accurate, right? So 
Yeah, I think I was I was 26, and so I I like I had my I started my business like a few years uh, years prior to that, and actually when we first met, we were at a mutual friend's uh, her birthday party, a mutual friend's birthday party, and she showed up uh, with one of my new clients. So one of my new clients who he just signed up for my year long program. It was 36 grand. He shows up with Jennifer. Jennifer's attractive. And she showed up with my client. I'm not going to hit on the girl that my, you know, my new client just brought. And so we were just, we, that's the first time we met. We had an amazing conversation. It was like, yeah, you know, we talked about business and stuff. And so I was also at a point in my life where I was attracting in a lot of women where I didn't know whether to ask them on a first date or to sell them a $36,000 mastermind. It was just the season of life that I was in. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and in all seriousness, no that that season really taught me though how to hold that line with powerful women. So there was some where I got clear of okay, I want to date this, I want to I want to pursue it in in this way, um, and then others is like okay, great, like you know I'm attracted to her, she's beautiful and not a fit, you know, for this part of my life, and would still there's still a uh, a fit for me to be able to serve her in her mission, in her vision of what she's creating. And so that that was also a really powerful portal to step through before. And I think why Jennifer and I have such an incredible, just magical relationship is because I've been supporting really powerful women in their visions, you know, for eight plus years and to really like work with powerful women in that way and to really be able to hold space and to listen and to really be able to coach and train and uh, stretch, you know, them into that next version of themselves has been massively valuable just to me as as a man into and and into my development as a man as well, and I believe that that's like at a core one of the core reasons why like when I met Jennifer at the time that I did five and a half years ago that I was actually ready to be able to be with a amazing woman of her caliber. Incredible. And what would you say the flip side of this story might be for her? Why has she been able to be with someone as powerful and incredible as you this entire time? So Jennifer shares a story of she was in like a short relationship right before she and I met. So she was in a relationship with a guy for three months and she she shares it and she shares that she was clear that he was not her person. Like he wasn't her person. And there was something in her that was like, I'm supposed to be in this relationship right now. And so she shares that prior to this relationship communication was like just not on the table for her which is like insane because our communication our relationship now is like stellar it's so 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 strong and she's really done the internal work you know and it's it's shown and she shares in her story that you know before that or when she was in this this the, the relationship before me that the things that they had in common was that they both were going to therapy and that they both wanted to also grow. And so she said it was one of the most challenging relationships because they triggered each other on so many things, but she got the practice of how to have really courageous conversations. And that practice for her uh, really, like when she showed up, you know, and we didn't meet that long after they broke up, but like I had no idea. I thought she was just always a stellar communicator because that was just my experience of her. So that work on her end, and I would say for me, yes, definitely supporting powerful women, but all of the all of the men's work that I did, all the stuff that I was doing to like heal heal um, past relationships, because I would be in the personal development business space in my career, but then I would go on the weekends and I would party and you know go on benders and 
all the stuff. So I was living in a world of, in two different worlds of like, talk about shifts in like energy from, you know, Sunday, fun day into, you know, 8 a.m. Monday uh, at those certain parts of my life. They were very, very different, different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm going to take a, a U-turn here real quick and mm -hmm. ask you uh, kind of a hot seat question. Yeah. So you mentioned that you love these like small events for big profits, like 30 mm -hmm. people or less. I'm assuming in exotic locations, probably like a, a higher ticket, small event that you can create a really beautiful experience. Um, it depends. It depends. So they they like definitely can be that. Um, and it's just a, it events depend on the intention, right? So like I did an event more intimate in Costa Rica. Uh, it was a, an intensive sales training and it was $25,000 each per ticket for a five day event. But the event was they come in with leads. We help them. We help listen to their calls. We help them close deals. So me and my team are literally whispering in their ear what to say to close big deals. So and so pretty intense. Uh, I also brought in some of the top like uh, transformation experts in just like uh, being able to deal with human physiology and the actual energetic systems. So the training is intense from sales and like literally whispering in their ear and they're saying stuff that they never said before to people. And then to, you know, sometimes put Humpty Dumpty back together at the end of the day, like we have these intense, amazing healing sessions. Um, just because that's what's worked for me and like really being able to build a seven figure business with growing up with a stutter, with teaching people how to speak from stage, how to be high integrity with sales one on one and still having a stutter the entire time. Like that's really taught me immensely about like what it takes to go after a vision that is meaningful to you and that you yeah, to create results you don't currently have right now. Yeah, and I don't mean to get anyone in the audience yeah. super hyped over this because I realize you probably don't run those events anymore. But if people pay 25K to come in, what was the biggest uh, amount of revenue anyone ever did in those five days taking yeah. calls? Yeah, so I think the top line revenue was around 300 grand. Um, and that wasn't like cash collected. That was like in contracts. So they had $300,000 in contracts and they collected probably... 70 of that. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a great return. And yeah. the skills, right? And most importantly, the, the skills and the practice reps and the confidence of having had done that. If you can collect 300K in contracts in five days, I would definitely pay 25 grand to go to something like that. Sounds incredible. Yeah, it's it's less around, for, for me, it's less around that result. It's more around who they get to become in that process. Because again, like when once you can prove to a human they can do something once, like their actual belief in it is it's so much higher. And so I'm going to share an analogy that I just read the other day that I may mess up, but it was basically a study um, with rats. And so they put rats in water and this is, isn't a very humane study. So, but they put them in water and to see how much they would tread water until they would actually drown. And uh, I think it was around like three hours. Um, yeah, terrible that this was the experiment. Um, the next day, uh, at around two hours and 30 minutes, they pulled the rats out. And then the, the, the next day, they put them back in. And the rats, uh, rather than swimming three hours, they swam for two and a half days. Two and a half days. Why did this happen? It was because the rats thought that someone was going to come save them. Like they thought if I just keep swimming, someone was going to save me like yesterday. So they had the belief and the vision that they were going to be saved and they could push their body past 
what it did prior or their their fellow brother or sister rats did the other day and that didn't make it and did actually drown. I thought that was a fascinating study. And again, it's it, that's a little piecemealed, but I think the, the the core point of the story is there. And so having that vision that is greater than our fear, greater than our doubt, greater than uncertainty is one of the most critical and important keys to really creating a really epic life that makes a big difference in the world. And in addition to that, what it sounds like is having the experiences where you can be thrust into greater levels of performance, competency, confidence, um, all of that is going to radically shift the way that you tackle everything in business and relationship and anything in life, right? Because similarly, I'm sure you and Jen have attended different relationship seminars, whether it's mm -hmm. like Date with Destiny or, or any of those types of things, right? Which changes the way that you interact in your relationship forever because you've kind of been, you've, you've been pushed to that level. It's like going on a, a week-long like honeymoon trip with someone mm -hmm. will change the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like a new level of romance and connection. Yeah, I, th I mean, that's also why I'm so passionate about live events is it's, it's like full, full on experience. Like we, 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 we're, we're not able to live in our head. You know, when we're in person, when we're going through exercises, when we're playing games, there's a lot of transformational processes where how we play games is how we play life, right? So those experiences are so impactful. So at that sales retreat for 25 grand, yes, the, all the money is great and impactful and makes a big difference. And it's them having the experience of, like you just said, them having the experience of doing 300 grand a week, they leave a different version of themselves. They have a different possibility. Like if any point in their life that they're ever down or they have any doubts about money, they can always go back and anchor that experience of, wow, what about that time I created 300 grand in five days? And that is way more valuable than any $25,000 investment, in my opinion. Yeah. So we're talking about all these incredible things. Like if you were to design the most incredible event like what would be, for your perspective, you've hosted all these incredible things. What would be like the highest level event that you could imagine right now? What would that look like? What would that, what would you incorporate? Yeah, so when I think of like the ultimate experience, I think about an event that really incorporates all the best of the best from the different events that I've been to. So of the top like high level business masterminds uh, in marketing and business development trainings, I look at the top flow state and peak performance uh, and biohacking conferences and retreats, workshops that I've been to. Then I look at also music festivals, um, specifically Burning Man. You know, at the time where we are recording this, Burning Man is around this time. And I remember the first time that I went, a big part of why I went was because of like, what is this event that like people build their entire lives around? And if you've never talked to someone who's gone to Burning Man, sometimes they talk about Burning Man the entire year. So I was like, okay, like what is this experience though? Like, so I looked at it from a contextual place of like, what is this magical place that people are planning their entire year around and won't shut up about? <laughs> and so when I went in there and I saw it, like I really looked at, okay, like why is this place so magical? And I, and then I looked at, okay, it, it's similar to music festivals, but it's in a league of its own. And I really believe that it was because people truly had the freedom to be themselves. And there are a few different contexts where that is possible. And so I looked at Burning Man, I looked at all the music festivals that, that I've been to, which have been transformational for me of like going into those different contexts and being that version of myself. And there's always been something that's unlocked within me, which has been odd in the sense of I go to a music festival and then my coaching calls two days after are stronger, you know, no matter what I'm putting into my body during that festival, whether it's a clean one for me or it's, I go down all the rabbit holes. <laughs> 
like no matter what I did coming out on the other side of that, my coaching is stronger. I'm more integrated. Like I'm, I'm sharper. I'm more tapped into my intuition. And so I looked at that and I really looked at the core of like the freedom to be ourselves when we, there's no other judgment, when there's no, no other energetic hooks into that, that's where true creativity and power comes from. So I would take that component of it and I would mix it with the flow state, the peak performance components, whether that's like cold exposure, hot exposure, breath work to really get our physiology going combined with incredible like-minded people. So I've been in the entrepreneur space. I love entrepreneurship. I believe that we are a unique breed of human who is going after something where the odds are all stacked against us. Like if you looked at the stats to start a business, it makes no sense to start a business. The chances of them being successful are very, very small. And what that builds from a character standpoint is just unique, you know, and I feel just so blessed that I've been, I basically grew up in the entrepreneur space and the expert space. And I've been hanging out with some of the top experts in all the different fields. It's been so freaking cool and fascinating from the top experts in love and relationship and intimacy to health and biohacking and longevity, people who are like healing all these irreversible diseases to people who are in the business space and some of the best marketers and storytellers in the world. It's just, they're just fascinating people. So the ultimate event is to bring all those components together and to pleasure stack them, which is a term that my fiance Jennifer learned from uh, Robin Shwarma, like to pleasure stack, like what are all the things that you love and how do you stack that experience, how to stack them all, all together? Like a practical example is like Jennifer and I love going on hikes. So we like, we'll go on a hike. We love hanging out with friends. We'll invite, we'll invite friends on that hike. And then we love breathwork. So we'll do breathwork at the top of, of that hike, right? So it's like a pleasure stack of our friends. We get connection. We get connection with each other and we're all doing breathwork at the top of a mountain. So pleasure stacking. So I look at the ultimate experience is what is the ultimate pleasure stack? And so I think if you put amazing people together who are super creative, who are really inspired, who are doing really impactful work in the world together, and you're leading them through transformational processes where people are all going through their own journey, you know, take breathwork, for example. So, you know, 100 entrepreneurs breathing together um, and really like, or excuse me, 100 entrepreneurs like talking about their vision really clarifying and expanding and challenging each other on what's possible and really to stretch and clarify with what's the most meaningful parts of that. And then to put them into a practice of breathwork together and then to have them come together afterwards to dance the night away to their favorite DJs and artists and performers. It's just, it's an experience that really, I believe it taps all of the human components of what really is so beautiful about being human. It's around being in community. It's around really connecting with others and caring for others. And really like having that connection to our visions for entrepreneurs, oftentimes I find the saddest thing is that they don't have the people around them that see that vision, support that vision. In most circles, someone has a big vision that triggers everyone else in their circle, which is one of the biggest reasons why visions die and dreams die and never come true. And so that community aspect is super, super important in whatever event that it is, and from my perspective, and then having people go on a similar journey where it's like they're going towards an outcome, but the outcome is unique to everyone. And then we all get to learn from each other, from our growth and our reflections of whatever process that we're going through. When you run events like this, what's the team look like? Is it you're, you're obviously leading mm -hmm. the bulk of the ideation, the, the dream of it, right? The vision of it. Who do you hire? Are there any who's full time on this? Is there anyone full time on it? Yeah, or just one more thing I want to go back to that like the, the key ingredient to ultimate is it has to be fucking fun. It has to yeah. be super fun. It has mm -hmm. to be a bunch of for play. you too. Yeah. Oh my god. It yes. has to be really absolutely, important. Yeah. absolutely. All my events I build for me. 
Like if, cause if not, like obviously it's really valuable to the audience. I know from the marketing angles of like how to communicate and how to like really facilitate a really powerful experience. And I know again, leadership means I go first and it does have to serve me. Like I show up differently from that context. And I think that everyone who runs events that there should be a level of service to themselves in it. And also, again, I've done all the plant medicine, drank all the ayahuasca, looked at my shadow, my face has been brought through the mud. And sometimes I've had more tran transcendental experiences dancing the night away to my favorite artist listening to the most epic music on really loud speakers, just moving my body, you know? So I think there's subs. a combination. Yes, subs, subs in particular. Subs, please. Bass, yeah. please. Lots of bass. Yeah. And so getting into my event with the team, what that looks like is it usually looks like a full-time. So an event coordinator is definitely essential, like who handles everything with, with whatever venue, whether it's a hotel or it's a... Uh, retreat center that we're working with. So that's essential. Um, an assistant is definitely essential. Um, and then it goes from there, it, it varies. It varies from how big is the event, how many people, how much time you have, what does the rest of the, the team look like? So this usually looks like teams of like, what is the like AV team? Um, so that usually looks like just a regular AV for like business events and, you know, even music events. But now like I'm doing events where I'm like, I'm booking like real artists and real DJs and real performers. So there's a whole nother team now that has to deal with that communication with these artists and their managers and all that kind of stuff. So in that person is also going to manage all, all, all of the stages at my event. So it's like a whole nother department that's being added because it's usually around what's the staff that's supporting the attendees. What's the staff that is running the event itself from the AV to the experience creation to making sure we're, you know, getting people from point A to point B to getting them on the boat. No one's left behind for the sunset cruise, yada, 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 all that stuff. And so it really varies. It varies on what, what size of the event there is. Cause like, again, that $25,000 sales retreat in Costa Rica, that, that sales immersion, you know, we had eight staff for 12, 13, 14 people. But there was a different type of event, you know, where like my team is listening to people's sales calls. I'm listening to people's sales calls. So it's a different type of experience, you know, with my um, seminars, my my last business event, small events, a bit big profits uh, had about 65, 70 people. Um, so it was like more of a medium event. But that event, my staff was internally, we had about six. And then for my my event coordinator and her team, she had about uh, six as well. So it was a team of 12. Mm. So let me hit you with some rapid fire questions. Yeah. If you were to start a business today, or if anyone was to start a business, what principles, if you could pick three or four, would you operate with for any business under any business model that you've learned from doing all of this and helping so many other people sell so many different types of things and create beautiful lives for themselves and get this. And we're going to kind of touch on that later, hopefully mm -hmm. the energetic side of just being a human and being successful in whatever way you want to be. And that's what I'm hearing a lot about with these events is like getting someone's energy to a point where they are just living in that state where they're, they're just going to succeed in whatever that means to them. So business principles, any business, what would you say? Number one, and this is like, I think the saddest thing about our generation is that people don't master what their craft is. So my first one would be to master your craft and to take pride in your craft. So whether that's a product to build the best freaking product, or if you're a coach or an expert to like really build your craft as, as an expert to really get your content down so it's concise and succinct and valuable and impactful. And so I think most people are getting their product or their service to a certain point that's viable to sell. 
and then they're just seeing how much of that they can sell and then most never go back to making the product phenomenal therefore a lot of the crash and burn and the coaching and the info online space so number one is be a master at your craft number two is if you want to make a big impact master sales and marketing have to like there's some of the most talented people that I've ever met in my life that are still broke, that are still struggling, going to seminar to seminar that still haven't gotten and found a way to get their message out to the world. And it's really sad. And it's because they don't understand that if they don't know how to communicate their message, if they don't know how to communicate the value that they're providing, that no one's going to know about it. And they're not going to change any lives. You know, and these are the people like, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. It's like, oh, the sad reality is that few people ever do. And the reason is because they're not looking at, okay, how do I change one person's life? And then how do I change a few more? And then how do I take a small group through it? And then a bigger group, and then a bigger group. Like people are so out and like changing the world that they don't really get into the granular detail of, okay, what does it take to really change one person? So, and how that one person changes, they first need to be open to it and how they become open to it is in the marketing message. So again, number one, master your craft. Number two, master marketing and sales. Because if your message doesn't get out to the right people, you're never going to be able to help anybody. And then number three is if your if your business out if your business growth outperforms your personal growth, you have a huge problem. So as your business is 10xing, if you're not 10xing, you will have a massive problem. It will show up in self sabotage. It will show up in team members. It will show up somehow like the internal work is so, so important of even like taking a, a concept that um, I think has become more popularized is raising our receiving level, because if we don't believe we don't have the identity that, you know, if we're making six figures now and we don't have the identity that we're making seven figures, even if we make it, we will take we will subconsciously sabotage it to be able to to go back to six figures because we don't have that belief in the identity of ourselves. So the personal growth work, the spirituality work, whatever that work is to really get our mindset straight, but to also from a physiological level, like embody that version of ourselves. I think mindset is the first step, but mindset is from the problems or was it Einstein that said the, you can't solve problems with the same level of consciousness that created them. (laughs) What I was going to say is it'd be a little off, but yeah, that, that, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Like if, we're, if our problems are created from a place of mind, mind setting our way out of those problems is going to create more of the same. So it's how do we get into the physiology? How do we get into the nervous system? What would be your top recommendations for exploring this for people? Breath work. Okay. So yeah. breath work. Yeah. It's, it's like there was a big wave of meditation, you know, meditation, mindfulness, look at all the tech companies investing tens of millions of dollars into mindfulness trainings like big tech companies, like literally investing a million dollars a day to have a trainer come in to teach their staff to meditate and close their eyes and shut up. (laughs) Massive wave, right? Love meditation. The challenge that I find is it's incredibly challenging. Like I've meditated for 10 years very poorly. I do it because I knew that like it making my mind quiet or giving my mind a rest would be impactful. And to be clear, and I know we've talked about this, of I've gotten into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. That's really massively changed all meditation for me. And that's great. And it's still like a challenge. So in my personal practice, breath, using breath to get out of my head into my body drops me into meditation so much quicker. Is there a, like a top breath work like right now that I could drop in the show notes that people would want to test? Like if anyone was like, okay, I really need to up-level my consciousness so that my business can up-level or... 
I'm noticing problems in my business, therefore I must not be 10xing personally. Where do I start? Is there a link I can drop in the show notes for them? Is it a book? Is it a track? What yeah, would I would start with Wim Hof. Like I, my fiance and I lead our own version of of, of our guided breath work, a science-based visualization where I DJ all the music live. Um, and I don't know if I would start there. Like, especially if you've never done breath work before, like I think Wim Hof, you know, he, he's, he's, he's the pioneer that has brought breath work to the modern world. And yeah, he mastered sales and marketing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And getting on all the big podcasts and all the things. And he's also a master at his craft. Like I think why his success and his growth has been sustained is because he's a master and he lives it. Like that dude lives his work. Like I don't think anyone loves the cult as much as that dude loves the cult, right? So I think that that's a really critical, important piece. And so just looking and going through his, it's like, it's it's also designed for the masses. It's also designed for people who haven't really done it that much. I don't think it's the end all be all, but I think if you've never done it before, like downloading his app, his free app is phenomenal. It's free app, watch a few videos, go through his practice. I mean, it's, that's where I would start. I would definitely start with Wim Hof. And then there's like deeper practices like holotropic breathwork or transformational breathwork where, you know, it's a more extended uh, 30 minute practice where you're breathing for 30 minutes straight where I've experienced the most intense and powerful psychedelic states with breath, no, no external substance than I've ever had before. You know, and I've, you know, am pretty deep into the plant medicine world. And again, my, my most powerful visuals, hallucinations have been from breath with no substance at all. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's way more sustainable, you know, mm -hmm. getting high on your own supply as Senor Wim calls it. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're from a business perspective. I feel like we've got a really nice foundation there from a love and relationships perspective. What would you say your big principles are? And maybe you could touch on if you feel comfortable touching on the principles of getting prepared for an epic partner and then creating that epic partnership while you're in it. Yeah. I love this topic. It's a good one. Uh, can you ask me the questions one more time? So it'd be your principles yeah. that you would operate with or suggest people to operate with mm -hmm. or just, you know, throw out there so that they could potentially take them as their own for attracting that epic partner. And yes. And then building that epic partnership while you're in it. Attracting your perfect partner. So I'll share just for myself of the reasons why I think that I met Jennifer when I did. And it was because I chose to go all in on like exploring what I wanted in a, a romantic partnership. And so I was single and I hadn't been single. I was, I was in a pattern for 10 years of like in a relationship for a year or two, uh, for lack of a better term, a man whore for 30 to 60 days. And then I was in another relationship for a year or two. And that cycle was for 10 years. And so before I met Jennifer, I was, I made a decision, you know, after I broke up with my last girlfriend that I wanted to be single for at least a year to really like know myself. Cause I, for 10 years, I was making all decisions for myself or excuse me, not for myself. I was always taking someone else into consideration. So in that year, year and a half, I gave myself permission to explore all of the relationships that I wanted and everything that I wanted sexually. Like I just gave myself permission to like, all right, I'm going to really get to know myself and uh, explore this, this world, everything that I wanted. So what that looked like was I dated women who, who were older than me, who had way more money. 
I dated, you know, women who were way more fit than me, who are way more flexible yoga instructors. I dated everything in between. And I really wanted to experience um, what it was like to be with women in different stages of their life who had different interests. And it was something that was like really um, important to me to really just to allow myself to explore that stuff without judgment. Cause I knew that I was looking for my partner, like for who is that, who is that person I'm going to be with forever. And I knew that I wouldn't get there without allowing myself to explore all the realms and some of that are more taboo. Like for example, I was exploring like open relationships and polyamory. And the reason why though, it wasn't just to have an excuse to have sex with multiple women and it's all high integrity. It was more so like I had great examples of couples and triads who had really high integrity, awesome relationships. Like, okay, like this is a model that I'm open to exploring and I'm single and so now's the time to do it. So I hired a coach who was actually in that space and who really helped people get into high integrity, open containers and relationship. And it was phenomenal. Like it really like allowed me to um, explore that world in a context where I had a sounding board to really support me. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was really powerful uh, because I was also, as I was exploring the world of open, open relating and polyamory, that there was uh, this woman who I started dating, who was going to all the workshops of poly that I was going to, and there was an attraction. And so we decided, all right, cool. Like we're going to date and explore open relating. And so we like went on vacation and then we came back and we came back, you know, she was like, Hey, I don't want to be open anymore. I want to be exclusive. And I was like, well, I really enjoy, you know, our connection. I want to see where it goes, but I'm not open to that. Like we clearly got into this to explore, you know, open relating. And so, uh, long story short is like two weeks later, uh, she was, she was really upset. Two weeks later, she came back and said, Hey, I thought through it and I'm, I'm open to like re- to reestablishing our connection and being open. And I was like, great. We hook up that night. And then three days later, she, she comes over and she's like, Hey, I got to tell you something. I was like, what? And she's like, I, I slept with somebody. And I was like, what? That's not supposed to happen <laughs> is what the thoughts were in my head. And so I got to process all of my jealousy in that experience. Where I was like, okay, like, you know, is he better in bed? Is his dick bigger than mine? Like, that's immediately where my mind went, you know? And I really got to process that with her. And that was like so impactful to her. Excuse me, I got to process it within myself of like, all right, noticing where are my thoughts going? You know, like we, we've established this container that it's open. We're going to explore other connections. And we're going to let each other know and have a, have a high level of communication around everything. And so that's exactly what we were doing. You know, and it's, you know, the universe aligns to where I was like, I, I didn't want to be exclusive. I wanted our relationship to be open. I wanted to date other people. And then what do you know? Next thing comes in. It was unexpected, you know, that she sleeps with someone else. And so I got to, I got that really powerful mirror of like, is this really what you want? And the answer was, (laughs) the answer was I'm open to growing. (laughs) (laughs) And it hurts. My ego hurts. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it was, it was a really beautiful experience. And like, so I got to really also support her to like go after, you know, to really explore if she wanted those connections to keep exploring them. And we were, we, we had great communication around ours. And so I feel like that was my practice in being able to have really amazing, courageous conversations and to be open and transparent about my feelings and to really just have a higher level of communication in relationship. So that was a little bit about like what I went through and I gave myself permission to explore that. 
and all the things. And so that's why after I had all those experiences and went, when I met Jennifer, I really feel like I was in the place of where I knew what I wanted. And I experienced all of the things that I wanted to experience at that point. So Jennifer and I first started dating, I was exploring open relationships. And after our second date, like I really was clear that there was like something there that I wanted to continue to explore. And so I shared with her what I was looking for and how our relationship container could look. And she was open to us, yeah, staying in connection, exploring others as well. And by the time literally we got back to our third date, all of the other people that we were dating just kind of fell by the wayside. And we've been in a committed monogamous relationship ever since. And it has been absolutely incredible. Wow, just a wealth of information. Okay, so so that's the principles for attracting. Now, what yeah. about the principles for maintaining and building an incredible relationship? Yeah, so having a values-based relationship, I think, is absolutely critical. One of the big reasons why I think Jennifer and I's relationship is so harmonious and just it gets better and better every day. It's been five and a half years. It's nuts. Like I, can't, I literally wake up every day and I can't believe just how incredible our relationship is and. It's so catalytic, it's so valuable um, in all of the ways. And I think one of the core reasons is because we have a growth, our values are the same. Like we have, our our values are, are the same. Like we are, as individuals, are d very different. You know, like she's a morning person, I'm a night owl, and we can get into the details uh, in a moment. Um, but our, our, one of our highest values is growth. And so I think that's been such a core pillar for us to where we do a lot of stuff together we go to a lot of events. We go to a lot of retreats. You know, we speak at, you know, we have the honor and privilege of going to uh, Rhythmia Life Advancement Center as the guest speakers. So we go down there, we drink ayahuasca together and we do all this stuff together. And the point, the big point I want to share is we do a lot of stuff separately. So I do a lot of men's work by myself, you know, in different containers. She does a lot of women's work. Um, you know, she's in therapy. I'm in a lot of different coaching modalities of transformational modalities. And so growth is such a core component of our relationship and we have such like a key and that was established from the start of like how important growth is to us and so it's also for us that like I've I've felt like I've dated three different women in the five and a half years that we've been together because I'm in love with her like head over heels and I'm super in love with who she's becoming so that that dichotomy keeps it fresh and exciting and I just she's also She's freaking brilliant. And like, I think for me, she's the first woman I've dated where I've like respected her in every area of her life. And I just have such an admiration for how she shows up in every area of like, she crushes it in business. I mean, her last personal client uh, was to, to, to Tony Robbins, you know, so I'm gonna name drop a, a bit and brag, you know, so she helped Tony write the copy for his book cover for his new book life force which is incredible like she wrote all the copy for the cover and she crushed it so much that they asked her to write the intro which as you know in a book is literally the most important piece that gets them to read everything else so she is a freaking badass um do you guys have down days yeah yeah what do you totally. have down weeks yeah what does that yeah. look like what does yeah. that look like? I feel like yeah. Yeah, now I'm, I've got you guys pedestaled. So I want to hear about this. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> um, okay. So you're saying, so like, let's say down she, meaning down, not like, not meaning like off work down, meaning like in the, in the, yeah, the challenge. Yeah. Like the let's dumps. say, let's yeah, yeah. say something totally, really totally. tough happens totally. for you and you're like, man, <laughs> I just, 
I just can't this day. And then yeah. it, it becomes a week or something like what, yeah. what's the relationship like in those moments? Yeah. That's what's so, so beautiful about it too, man, is like, we, like we each lead really strong and we also follow, like we, we, we play really well in the lead role and in the support role. So it's a really fascinating of like, like I trust her to lead implicitly, you know, and then I can, I can fall back and I can support and follow. And then she can do the same thing. So if I'm having a challenging day, like in addition to like how much of a badass she is in like, you know, being really masterful with her words and being really amazing at, at business and really magnetizing opportunities, she's also phenomenal at holding space. And she's like incredible when it comes to just communication and also her just perspective is immensely valuable. So there's definitely days where I'm not, where I'm not, I'm not crushing it that day, you know? And so to go to her and to have a soft place to land and also a place where like, I, I respect the, uh, feedback I'm going to get. I think that's massively important, you know? And so we also have the communication level where it's like, Hey, am I listening to give feedback or am I, am I listening to listen? So that context and that communication tool, uh, one as a man to know where, where am I listening from it from, you know, cause there's that part of us like, all right, how do I fix it? How do I solve? How do I fix it? How do I solve? Like knowing, am I listening from that place? Is she wanting my feedback? Which I am also so grateful for her that she, she understands that about men and how I listen to things and she'll, she'll share, Hey, I'm just sharing this to share. So that gives me just like, oh, okay. Like I don't, I don't have to go and I'm not like creating this like massive like mind map in my mind around how do I help my queen, you know? <laughs> so that's also massively, massively uh, impactful. And yeah, she definitely goes through down days. We have, we're going after big shit in our lives. So like with all the high triumphs, there is lows and speed bumps that hurt, that are painful. We fuck it up. You know, we fall down, we scrape our knee, we get back up, we clean it up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think one of the, the big things in our relationship and in all of our, and it, it, this permeates throughout our life is like, we're really great at having courageous conversations. And I think that it's one of the most powerful things you can do. And I came up with this term called, you know, I came up with this term called stacks and I, I, it, it was birth where all great ideas are birth. And I was in the Whole Foods parking lot. <laughs> so in La Jolla, California, in the Whole Foods parking lot, I came up with this term called stacks where if there is a withhold, so if we like have a tiff or something is left unsaid between us, there becomes an energetic stack. And I believe it's between your heart and my heart. And if we don't clear that stack, that stack builds and builds and builds. Take it into uh, relationships, you know, why the the stereotype of, you know, the, the person blowing up and kicking the dog and because they didn't take out the trash. It's not about the trash. It's about all the energetic stacks that have happened. And then that experience is the linchpin that makes it all blow up. So we have a process for clearing stacks every day, or excuse me, every week. So we have a weekly relationship check-in where we talk about our relationship. When we talk about, you know, where do you feel the most connected? Where do you feel least connected? Is there anything that we can do this week? Are you looking for more connection, more space? So these are just like tools that we use just so we can really understand each other when also we're both building separate companies where we were both building big visions. We both have big challenges and our relationship and the intimacy and the connection is immensely important to us. So having that structure also creates freedom in the relationship as well. So that, that, those, that stack of clearing stacks like on a weekly basis. So it doesn't like you don't have a laundry list to work through and then also having the structure of we do a weekly relationship check-in we, we also do weekly date night and then we have a, a 
a um, weekly mastermind where we have a context to talk about any business stuff, any of our collaboration, anything we're doing in the vision amplifier experience. Like we have that context so it doesn't bleed into on date night. We're not talking about business for, you know, X amount of time because we both love business, you know, but we also both love intimacy and relationships and, you know, consciousness expansion and all the things. So I know you can't speak for her, but as a man, like when you go on date night, do you have any context that you show up with? Like you're like, okay, okay. Before I like even get to her or see her, like what am I going to focus on tonight to make her feel special and and what do I want to fill up in myself in this date night experience? Like what, what's your context for that? Yeah. So we, we have clarity in who's leading, who's leading date night. Is she planning or am I planning? So that's like really important because if not, then it's like, you know, then she's kind of on guard of like, all right, do I need to lead this? And she can't really relax. She can't really relax in, into her feminine, you know, and just, and just be able to receive because she also loves to lead, you know, like she loves that. And she also loves you know, when it's time for her to relax and to, to also just set it down and to, and to, and to, to be served and loved and, and also to follow. So having that context of who's leading, incredibly important. And then the intention behind what the date night is, you know, I'm also, I'm a connoisseur of experience. I love curating experiences. So date nights, one of my favorite things to create and for my favorite person. So that is more of the context that I come from each time, it's different of like, okay, like what's the outcome I'm going for? Is it to be more physically connected? Is it to be more uh, spiritually and emotionally connected? Like for example, date night, we had date night last night. It's every Thursday. So if you're ever looking for us, I'm just kidding. Um, we, we, I, we went on the sunset hike and the question that I posed was, you know, cause we're also in a phase where we have a lot of incredible friends who have really young families. And so we want to have a family um, and as we're hanging out with our beautiful friends and the young families, we're clear that we thought we're a couple years out. We're clear we're four to five to six years out. And the, so the question that I posed on date night and the intention was, all right, what do we want to do before we have kids? Like, what are the things you want to do? What are the things I want to do? So that's our date night question, you know, to really explore what that looks like. What do we want to do before? Because we're also very vision driven. And that's a core piece of our, our relationship is I want to be super supportive for her vision as an individual. She wants to be supportive of mine. And then we have our relationship vision as well. So as a part of that is really being able to hear, you know, from each other. And a part of our visions is having kids. We're super aligned for that. We got clear on that within six months of, of our relationship. And so that question is a deep one, as you can imagine. And so that's, that, that's just an example of like each date night, like we have our core questions that, that she and I will go to that are like, always such a great um baseline which i'll i'll share one is uh what do you want me to know about who you're becoming lately so it's such a powerful question and we can just use it we could use it every week if we wanted to you know because we're oh we're always into something else there's always something that we're we're always growing and it's just so it's so sweet just to hear you know from your person of like what they're going through and who they're becoming it's a fucking awesome question that's a really, that's a really good amazing. one. Dude, yeah. Alex. Wow. I, I, I need a round two. Yeah. I need a round two. We've been, we've been going for a while. Oh man. We definitely need a round two on this. Yeah. I've got a million more questions for oh, you, man. but tell me about the experience that you're hosting in October. Yeah. So abundance amplifier, it's, it's the accumulation of the past 12 years of my life's work. And it's kind of like if a flow state retreat, 
uh, a really incredible business mastermind and a music festival all had a baby. So it's really designed for the high level entrepreneur or artist who really is looking to have it all in every area of their life. Like it's called abundance amplifier because you experientially will feel what it's like to have abundance in each area. So we're, our experiences are themed, um, our workshops are themed. So for example, one day is all around love and relationships. So the workshops are around, Hey, if you're single, go over here. If you're in a committed relationship or married, go over here. Um, workshops on conscious kink and BDSM and all of that stuff. Um, it all optional. And then the music is all curated around love and relationships. So into the dark depths of where love can take us and in the highest highs and bliss and ecstasy of where love can take us as well. So music is a big influence. Like we fly in some of the top DJs, performing artists, musicians to really have the appreciation for the human expression and art. I think it's also how we get opened up to, um, new ideas, to new sources of inspiration to really see humans in their gift. And so that's why music is also such a huge part of it as well. And I very selfishly am a huge freaking fan of music and just art and creating really epic, um, visual experiences. Yeah. It's got, you got to serve yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what are the other days? So love and relationships is a day. Yeah. It's a three day event. Three day event. So the first day is all around. The first day is all around vision and leadership. So it's around what is that vision and also to be in a community of people of all leaders, you know, from all different backgrounds, you know, whether they're, they are in the coaching and speaking space or they're a, a leader in a, uh, a big corporation in tech, say, or if they're in, in, uh, in music and art, or they're a, uh, they're a big, uh, curator and creator of content. Um, we have a lot of those in our audience as well. And it's all coming together to leave our burden of leadership at the door which we carry all the time and to be able to connect with just peers, you know, and to really to clarify and to reestablish what that vision is. You know, there's a lot of um, my community. There's a lot of my friends, my peers right now that are in a stage of birthing what's next. So they've created a great business. Maybe they want to sell it or maybe they just want to start another one. Or maybe they need a reinvention to what their business is going to be in the direction of their mission. So it's really designed for the already successful established entrepreneur or artist to really like get re-inspired for what is that next level of their vision? What's the next cut? And to get inspiration from amazing creative people from all different industries to grow together, to breathe together, to move together, to dance together, and to really foster that creativity of the human expression with really awesome human beings. So I looked at it as like, I've been to all the business masterminds and all those events and I hang out with the like, people doing yoga, stretching in the back of the room who don't sit in chairs for that long. You know, I go to the spiritual events and connect with the people who have great businesses and know that money is a tool for uh, impact. And they, you know, the spiritual people who don't hate money. <laughs> and I go to, yeah. And so at the music festivals, I hang out with the entrepreneurs who are into the health and biohacking who who party until, you know, 3, 4 a.m. and are up doing breath work, you know, at 10 or 9 or whatever. <laughs> so it's like kind of an accumulation of all of these different types of people from all different walks of life who all have a similar value set of wanting to have a great business and make a big difference with the money that they make and use their money as a tool and a resource for good, who care about their bodies and yes, biohacking, but more like longevity and playing the long game with our systems of our body with sleep, with performance, and who care about spirituality and the connection to a source that's bigger than us. It can be a religion, it cannot, it can be, call it God, call it source, call it the field, whatever you want to call it, there's a, 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 an energy that's living and breathing all of us that we cannot 
explain. Like we can't even beat our heart right now if we wanted to. There's an intelligence that's living and breathing through all of us. So that's a part of it. And how do we use that energy to create results in this world? So that's a big piece of it as well. Incredible. And something that I find really inspiring about this and kind of heartwarming and, and just like a deep truth is this is your next inspiration, your next iteration, this next, like what is next? And what I find really inspiring about it is we were talking about it the other day and even you don't really know where this is going to go. You've created this incredible vision of what this experience will be like. And you're like, and I'm, and I'm not really sure, like I'm not selling anything there. Like I'm just creating this experience to have. And so it, it kind of gives us all uh, permission, if you will, to embark on the journey without knowing the destination yet in whatever it is that we're doing. So I find that really inspirational. In addition to that, I wanna go way back real quick to when you said master your craft is your first business principle. And I want you to just maybe riff on this or maybe I'll, this will be a mm-hmm. complete statement, I'm not sure. Where what I'm noticing about that, especially with the event space, mastering your craft, whether it's being a coach, right? You, you have to coach people to master, to run great, incredible events like this and to even come up with these ideas. You've had to have all these experiences to know that it was possible, just like in your 25K retreat, right? Where you've pushed the limits and you've seen things done at such a high level that now you see it potential even higher and higher. And after you do this, I'm sure there will be even another level that becomes revealed to you and that you start to dream about, right? And that's just the nature of life. Do you have any reflections or thoughts on that for people, no matter what their business is or their love life is or their health life is right now? What What is the thought of like building your craft and setting sail without needing to know the destination? So vision, I feel, is the vision is such a key critical factor how crystallized that vision is can vary. Like I think the quote is, if you don't know where you're going, then taking any road will do, right? So having a vision of where you wanna go, massively important. Like I, with my Abundance Amplifier events, like I see this brand turning into like doing festivals the same size as Coachella, EDC, hundreds of thousands of people and bringing in really simple science-based transformational tech like HeartMath to really like open these people up who are in a really expanded state to a whole new way of being, you know, so they can have that experience, not just when they're at a festival, they can have it in their regular lives. Like, so that's what the big vision is. So that's like, you know, three to five years out. Abundance Amplifier is what I just need to know that I need to do right now. What happens after that and like in between after the event and the vision of hundreds of thousands of people going through a heart coherence meditation all at the same time, there is many steps in the way there but I know what I need to do right now. And so I also know that as I take action on what I need to do right now, the next steps will be revealed. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is take the next step. We learn from experience. We mentally masturbate and we just think about the ideas that we should do or that would be a good idea or what it's gonna do next. Get into action and you get to learn what the next step is. A vision, you know, I learned this from, you know, my fiance as well, is that if you know every step to get there to your vision, it's not a vision, it's a goal. It's a goal. You know, a vision, you should not know how to get there. It should be big enough where there's some uncertainty there. And how you figure it out is you take the next step. 
and you learn from that experience. Like life is an experiential game, regardless of how all the tech in our lives has been structured to put us into a different state. Like life is meant to be lived and we get to learn what our gifts and our passions and our missions are as we're playing life. Like life will play with you as much as you're playing out in life. It's always a reflective mirror. So the question is, how are you showing up to life and how receptive are you to what life is showing you? When people fall in love with you, how do they digitally stalk you? How do they get more of you? How do, how do they learn more about everything that you do and talk about? Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alex J Moscow. That's A-L-E-X-J-M-O-S-C-O-W. And hey, by the time we have this up, maybe I will have an Instagram that we can point people to as well. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And when is this event? It's October 19th, 20th, and 21st. Awesome. And we, we can't sign up as of right now, but we should be able to in like a week, right? Yes. So the site is live. It's driving to a, a wait list right now and we'll have tickets will be up and ready in the next week or so. What's the site? It's uh, www.abundanceamplifier.com. So it's Sweet. just abundanceamplifier.com. Awesome. Yeah. Man, thank you so much for coming on. So many beautiful lessons. I'm going to re-listen to this again and again. Just wonderful principles and great stories. Thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm so impressed with just your ability to communicate, which is just exactly, I guess, what you've been training for your whole life. But wow, thank you. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Really appreciate it. <laughs>